for tuning in to the HR Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Lucinda Carney. The HR Uprising is focused on helping forward-thinking people professionals deliver real lasting value in their organizations. I'm a chartered psychologist, speaker, and trainer, and recently authored the best-selling business book, How to Be a Change Superhero. My day job is founder and CEO of software and training business, Actus. This gives me the opportunity to work with other businesses like yours. We are focused on building a better workplace for people wherever they are located with the help of our performance, learning and talent management software and our training and consultancy services. Every week on the podcast, I will be covering different topics and challenges joined by relevant experts and real life people professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoy and get value from this week's episode. Welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast. And this week, I'm delighted that Gemma Rabini is joining me from Coach and Bloom, and she's going to educate me on the topic of positive intelligence, which obviously I've heard of positivity and I've heard of intelligence, but I haven't heard of the two together being a thing. Um, and Gemma, you explained to me that that is such, isn't it? So before we go into the, the podcast topic, would you like to introduce yourself, Gemma? Yes, of course. It's lovely to be here. Um, So I am an impact and confidence coach. So I specifically work with individuals and businesses, um, encouraging women to feel more confident about the work that they do, how to articulate themselves um, and encouraging more diversity into businesses. So, um, yeah, that's what I do. And I I am hugely motivated about supporting people um, and positive intelligence is just one of the ways that I do that. And your business is particularly women in business. Is there there a particular reason? Does that fit particularly with positive intelligence or is that just coincidental? So my background in the corporate world was at John Lewis for 13 years. And over the time that I spent there, I became increasingly frustrated and inspired by these senior women who perhaps were discounting themselves, perhaps talking down about themselves. And when it came with an opportunity for redundancy, I just took it because I thought I've got to do something about this feeling that I have about women just checking out a little bit and listening to those negative voices in their heads and letting that be the reason that they don't apply for big roles or they don't stay in the job market after maternity leave, et cetera. So um, I'm really motivated about supporting women in their career squiggles. Um, oh, yes, actually, it's interesting you say that because I have just recently had a conversation with somebody who was talking about resilience and um, she was saying that um, women statistically, it is a fact, it's like that women uh, in terms of their self-belief, that, in, which is one of the five elements of resilience, they are um, significantly less, less than men in, in that area, that self-belief thing, which absolutely fits with what you've just described. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's not to say that the things we're talking about here are not appropriate to men as well, but uh, that's where you can see there's a real gap in niche. Yeah, absolutely. And coming from one of one of being one of three girls and having a dad who kind of just said, you can do anything you like to, you know, navigate across the moors of Devon when I was 12. You know, there's a lot of um, positive energy, I guess, in terms of the sky's the limit. You can do what you want. And then I think society can sort of put a bit of a, um, it feels like it puts a bit of a limit on on women, but positive intelligence is applicable to anyone in business, you know, in sports, you know, wherever. So that's what I love it. I, I love the concept of it. 
um, and so it can help lots of people. But yeah. Great. Okay. So tell me what positive intelligence is then. So positive intelligence is a concept that was um, kind of devised and researched by a guy called um, Shirzad Shamin. Um, and it's essentially the proportion of the time that your mind is working for you versus the proportion of time that it's working against you. So the theory is that your you can you can train your brain to react in a more positive forward thinking centered way about anything that happens in life but a lot of the time particularly for women but also men as well we get these voices in our heads that tell us that they'll think you're stupid if you say that i can't believe you just did that that you know what on earth is going to happen we dramatize things a lot and there are these voices in our heads that can sometimes restrict us from taking opportunities make us you know overthink things that are going on in our lives and there's there's a huge amount of research that he did taken from positive psychology performance sport neuroscience and it's essentially an operating system which is really super simple in a lot of ways um and there are specific kind of techniques that you can do to build your mental strength so positive intelligence essentially getting your brain just like you would with your body getting your brain into its optimal state for it to work for you so just like you train your muscles in the gym this is about your brain muscles and training them to be um, the strongest that they can so you can navigate the challenges of life so are there certain techniques and things then that you would learn or, or is it about sort of observing how your brain works and then um yeah catching those thoughts and and tweaking them how, can you give us an example of, of something yeah so it's a really good question because it, you know, neuroscience is really quite overwhelming, I think, for a lot of people. Um, but essentially, and I'm not qualified in neuroscience by any stretch, but I love the fact that this is so simple. So there are three kind of aspects to it. So exactly as you said, your first sort of the first aspect is to identify what are those voices in your head. Um, and there's an assessment that you can do that kind of says to you, actually, they've named them all. So there's 10 of them. And everyone has the judge, which is that judging thoughts. You know, you judge other people, you judge situations. You think, well, you know, that wasn't a very sensible thing. They must be quite silly or that, you know, or why did I why did I do that? I'm such an idiot. You know, those kind of voices. Yeah. So everyone mm -hmm. has the judge. And then there are some accomplice saboteurs. They call them saboteur voices so negative, horrible voices that kind of sit in your head and say things to you. So you might have the victim voice which is kind of you know oh this always happens to you you know nothing you do ever goes right you know well that won't go well because it never does or it could be the people pleaser you know they'll think I'm stupid if they say that I have to do nice things for other people otherwise I won't be worth anything and that sort of thing so the first thing is acknowledging the voices that you have and and people have a combination of different ones everyone has the judge and then you have a combination of other ones that are that you can kind of assess how strong how strong they are. So the assessment will kind of tell you your people pleaser is off the scale, Gemma, which it is. Um, and then your the, the second thing is is well, actually, if that's if they're the voices that are noisy in your head, what's the alternative? Because you know you you can listen to those people, but they're not helpful to you. But strengthening your inner what they call sage, your inner wisdom, the kind of the self belief that you had in yourself when you were a child. So that kind of I can do anything, the kind of the loving of yourself, the fact that you can um, you really respect what you've got. You really um, channel all the things, that, all your strengths. And if someone, you know, you can do anything, you kind of say, yeah, I'll give that a go. 
So your sage is your inner wisdom, your ability to navigate the challenges of life without going into those spiraling thoughts. Just kind of see the facts for what they are and move forward in a, in a positive, um, focused way. And then, so those are the two sort of almost good and evil kind of in your head, having a bit of a battle. Um, the third element to this is strengthening your, your PQ muscles. So this is a situation happens how can you strengthen the muscles from the fact that you've just missed the train as the trigger and you've sent your brain will essentially be really good at going to the you're such an idiot I can't believe you're late what's that going to mean for the meeting you know they're going to think you're really unprofessional but strengthening your PQ muscles is basically strengthening the muscles that will go from the negative reaction to the positive that will go to your sage so you miss the train and actually your PQ muscles, if they're strengthened by these mini mindfulness techniques that kind of get um, get taught within the program, that you you will kind of end up with some questions that you would ask yourself and say, well, yes, I have missed the train. That's the fact. But what's the gift or opportunity? What could I think about? In what's the benefit in missing the train? And it, it takes some time and it takes some real kind of um, commitment to do these little kind of exercises that will essentially get you to a place where, well, I've missed the train, but actually I'll now get on a train that's later. It will be quieter. I have more time to really prepare for this meeting. Yes, I'm going to be late, but actually I've got someone who's going to be there, a colleague. What I'll do is I'll ring them, brief them on the meeting, and it's actually a really nice development opportunity for them. So, but, Or I have to shorten the meeting, so I'm going to be much more punchy and we're going to be really efficient. So it, it's kind of, it's that, that's sort of the end game really is to have a situation that happens and they happen all the time in everyday life and you snap into your sage rather than your spiraling noisy horrible saboteurs that take you down a different path um so yeah so that's very long with no, but that's, no, that's great you've explained it really really well it's interesting there's parallels between these things years ago i used to train on the seven habits and there's this whole thing about stimulus and response and putting the pause in yeah. the middle, which is what you're talking about here. It, it's your PQ muscles, but stopping and putting helpful things in the middle. The I was going to ask you, when you talked about the voices in your head, um, does some of this link back to transactional analysis or drivers? Because I was thinking, have you come across the drivers thing? Some people might, because you have the people pleaser driver in that. Yeah. So it's really interesting because a lot of people that I talk to about this kind of say, but that's a good thing though, isn't it? You can use that as a super strength. But the way that positive intelligence views it is that actually it, it the, the lies that the saboteurs tell you will overplay themselves always. So everyone will have an element of these things, but actually your, your driver for validation from other people will often result in you doing things that really harm yourself. Yeah, so you probably will find that if you if you have a drive, if you're doing that analysis and you have a driver of people, you've probably got the saboteur of the people pleaser. Yes. Um, and it's about controlling those and kind of saying, you know, I want to take it up to a certain level, but now it's becoming quite disruptive when I'm doing something like deprioritizing me time to give to somebody because I think they might not like me if I don't do it. Yeah. That's a trigger. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I need to put some space in between. And so, so the um obviously that's that's almost like emotional intelligence here it says there's intelligence here in terms of understanding un understanding yourself understanding what's going on in your head and how it can sabotage you and making making good decisions as to controlling your brain basically in terms of, of, of what's going to be most helpful in that situation um yeah 
yeah and there's and there's a lot of um and there's a lot of benefit in when you're so the the pq they they talk about kind of pq muscles being strengthened and the way that you do that is is by dropping into your body so there's like two two minutes or sometimes just four breaths um that you kind of get prompted to do three times a day and you remember an incident that's happened and you kind of go into that um you kind of drop back and it's usually very it's using the senses so it's either sort of tangible so kind of rubbing your fingers together to feel the ridges on your fingertips closing your eyes and doing that really um putting that space in between you and the incident that's happened but but what you've just talked about is really interesting because the other thing that they um that they kind of talk about is actually when you're dealing with somebody else and this is where I think it's really interesting from an organizational perspective is when you're dealing with somebody else how many times do we just listen to what we hear what someone's saying but we're just chatting in our minds we think that's not fair I didn't say that you know and you've got lots of voices so actually doing PQ reps or kind of this mindfulness tangible using the senses you can actually do them when you're talking to somebody and so thinking about what what are they saying how can I agree with them 20% of what they're saying is going to be correct how can I find that 20%? How can I find the good in this person? So that when, so you're very aware of your own kind of energy, um, but it's about making sure that you're not sending signals to other people that are challenging or conflicting or kind of coming out from all of the voices in your head. So quietening those down enables you to have better relationships with other people. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting in terms of application. So when you were talking there about the sort of the dropping into yourself, sort of being mindful about thing, things and quietening things down, is that a sort of uh, a technique that you would learn if you were to, to do on a regular yeah. basis? To practice? Yeah, so exactly. So it's so they will often the exercise might be to visually focus on something and really, really notice the nuances in what you're looking at. And you might only do that. You might only breathe, maybe do 10 breaths and just look at that. But it's about getting control of your mind. So the, the premise of it is that if you can control your mind in that moment to focus on visual something or sounds, sometimes think about the furthest thing away you can hear. Now concentrate on the closest thing you can hear, which might often be your breath. Just, you know, 10 breaths of doing that. Um, and that's your practice of strengthening your muscles so that when you say you've just missed the train, you're an idiot, you've got control to get your brain back into this okay now I can ask myself some questions and I can focus on my sage and there's, there's sort of five different powers of your sage you can kind of ask yourself questions around those things but it's super hard just to go straight from you're an idiot to let's look at the gift it feels for a lot of people like that's a big jump to kind of say it's a good thing I missed the train because you won't probably feel like that so it's this it's what you described earlier it's that space in kind of you know getting control and the space in between the incident and your reaction so yeah it's um it's really interesting but I'm not a very mindful I'm not a big meditator I'm not I don't that I'm not really into that kind of thing but for me it's really focused you know imagine the situation that happened last week where you had that difficult conversation now I want you to do some PQ reps and they're very easy to fit into your day it's not kind of I need to dedicate half an hour to sit in a room cross-legged on the floor which is my interpretation of what it might you know I know meditation doesn't always need to be like that mm -hmm. um they're very kind of focused and I can see there's clear outcomes so it, it really resonates with someone who's not into that at all yeah it's a doers meditation you're still doing something useful in terms yeah. of that. I get that because I, I struggle too the yeah oh, oh I had a, had a moment there where I was trying to think about the the link with your PQ muscles 
Um, it reminds me of something I've also the sort of gratitude practice. I remember um, mm. saying that if you have something that's really difficult that's happened to you, look what exactly your example was really good actually the train one looking at what posit possible positives could there be in the situation it's just kind of trying to reframe it which does mean that you get less panicked let's say you're really panicked or stressed about it which is a negative spiral it takes you at least into a positive spiral or, or a less negative one doesn't it so it's a yeah constructive way yeah of and I think some of those questions, right, you know, is there an opportunity here or is there a, is there a gift? Is there is there a gift here? Or, you know, I'm going to have more time to do my bet my prep. So now I'm going to be better prepared for the meeting. Or is there an opportunity? And actually, the opportunity might be the reason I'm late for the train is because I didn't have an alarm on my phone to to set, to like remind me. So actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to that take that opportunity to set that alarm. So next time. I get a bit I can still say goodbye to the kids but I get a bit of a warning that I need to yeah, leave so this learning doesn't... bigger learning yes that's a very mature thing yeah. isn't it um I yeah. wonder if you uh putting you on the spot here you may not not know them off the top of your head but you talked about five questions that the sage asks you and I thought my, my uh, can you share any of them just because I thought they sounded quite interesting or sort of if we wanted to engage our sage what sort of questions might we ask ourselves so the biggest question is what is the gift or opportunity here so that's kind of yeah. the big question you can always ask yourself yeah um the the power the five powers of the sage i might not know all five of them off the top of my head but there's the power of um innovate so what is the opportunity for me to um come up with a new suggestion yeah. or a new yeah. idea yeah there's the power of empathize which is um how can i be as open-minded about this as possible so how can i see the other person's perspective what on earth might be right about what they've just said um there's the power of navigate which is about this laser focused action so um if i knew that this was important to me what action what one action would i now take to move me forward into um uh you know to, to achieve that um that's only three that's um, really, that's good. I put your thoughts. I just I can look it up, and I say, I'm sure you'll give me links, uh, links to this as well. Um, yeah, show notes. But I was just curious because you, know, you mentioned something like that. I was just interested to know what it is like practically. Yes. Yeah. Um, explore is the other one. Um, oh. Explore with great curiosity. So, kind of, you know, what what else is going on here? How could I look at this? You know, how might uh. Uh, how do they say it? How might a uh, not an archaeologist or sort of that sort of you know, how might they approach this problem? You know, how might they kind of uncover things? How might a detective investigate this? So kind of putting yourself in a um, in a very inquisitive mindset. Brilliant. OK, so in in our to our audience, we've got here because actually, of course, of course, we've gone into this, which I just is, is interesting as an individual, as a person, because this is going on mm. for all of us. And as a coach, if you're working one on one with others. Um, if we're talking to HR professionals, as is a lot of our audience, so they're one to many. Have you any mm -hmm. tips as to how this could be used, or what, how you know how HR professionals might choose to use something like this? So I think it's really interesting because there's a lot of um, statistics in the book talking about the the benefits. So the you know the improved levels of success, the better relationships in terms of team dynamics. And I think this is particularly helpful when you have a um, a team which is struggling, from a business perspective, as in it hasn't got the results that it wanted, um, but also there's difficult personalities, there's different kind of um, dynamics in the group that just aren't working and the high performing team just isn't kind of coming together. Because what it 
what it does is it gives people if everyone so you know you could put all of your the team on the program for six weeks which really delves into benefiting them so it's very kind of self-focused in a lot of ways it gives people a lot of ownership for taking control of their own reactions to things but it also means that and I've done this with with small teams in in local businesses it gives everybody the chance to if everyone's doing it at the same time it gives them quite a nice combined language to talk about with each other to understand oh sorry that was my people pleaser I know I said yes I know I said I'd do that work for you but actually that's just my people my overplaying it and actually when you give people um, a familiar language to talk to each other in and everybody's on a learning journey it really it really can help Um, I do a lot of work with teams in like do sort of confidence sessions particularly with female teams just thinking about some of that stuff that you talked about in terms of the gratitude and writing what went well and and really articulating their their self-belief and their confidence. But I think when you come to, when it comes to a, and there's an interesting example in the book about a team that was, the business was failing and the CEO was kept up all night worrying about the performance of the business, worrying about his team. And he had a really strong controller saboteur which is you know essentially it makes it you can't do anything without running it past me and because that was really overplaying his team felt no lack of ownership empowerment and it was really difficult and so the guy kind of came to Shazad and said you know I I don't know what to do I'm the business is failing and he said the number one thing you can do for a failing business is to ask your team this question every week and the question is what what will we now what was the question <laughs> what um what needs to happen for us to say in five years that this was the best thing that ever happened to the company and so every week they did a team meeting and they started with that question what needs to happen today for the, for us to say in five years that this was the best thing that ever happened and it was giving everybody the chance to be empowered and to come up with solutions but to believe that there was a better that there was going to be a positive outcome um but yeah, I think I think with teams it has a huge impact, and it's not about anyone being a negative problem. It's just about everyone's brain just works in a different way, and everyone has different challenges. Um, but being able to, you know, work together as a, you know, from an H, you know, an external HR person to go in and be able to get people to change the way that they're behaving and empower them to react in different ways. It's kind of I just think it's magic if you if people have got that that ability. It is this whole thing about people's self-awareness, isn't it? And, and I completely concur. There's lots of things that if you have that common language, uh, then it makes yeah. it safer. Because, of course, these the saboteurs will potentially be you know, different. For one person's people, yeah. someone else has got the you know, the micromanaging one, which you just described of. Or, you yeah. know, and, and it's having that out in the open. You can kind of recognise it in others. It takes away, uh, you can support people in overcoming them as well can't you so it it yeah. takes like stigma and, and I'm sure we all have different ones I fairly I reckon a lot of this goes back to our childhood there'll be voices in our head from really deep dark sort yeah. of upbringing type stuff as to where these things come from but we don't always yeah. we don't not always aware of it but fundamentally this is something which will improve us in the workplace but this will also improve people their their lives full stop right so yeah you're everything you do yeah, you're absolutely right. Because once you've started on this journey of a situation happen, it doesn't matter where it happens. You're, you know, you're absolutely right. Yes, you might deal with that difficult colleague, but once you know that they're struggling with the controller and the high achiever, you now know why they're so ridiculously difficult when you can't do something for them on a project. Is because they're saying in their heads, 
you're an idiot if you can't make this work you're a failure if you don't make this project successful once you know that you can help but you're right it has so many other positive connotations it can be used in like working with with couples in terms of marriage counseling as well as parenting there's so many applications parenting's a big one isn't it because if you don't yeah. pass on if you try not yeah you, you can pass on more healthy healthy we can teach your kids to manage the, this yeah. in the as well yeah it's really and it, it's interesting because there's um the they said that there's what the one thing that you can take from this that you can apply to parenting just like tonight when you get home is asking your children you know why do I love you and when they say well because I try hard at school or because I you know do I do I'm really good at football or I mean you kind of just say no that's not the reason I love you why do I love you and when they've exhausted all the reasons of why they've tried to make you proud and why they've you know done all this they have all these skills just say like I love you because you're you and that's the biggest thing that you can say to a child and taking this the, kind of the premise yeah. of positive intelligence is actually you are worthy just because you exist you are amazing just because you exist and I think as we get older and you know society kind of puts all these things into us and as we get older we kind of don't really believe that we're great just as we are we get kind of the I'm only good if I've got this certificate I'm only good if I achieve yeah. if I yeah. the half marathon in sub X, you know x amount of time um and I think there's a lot to be said for strengthening children's emotional resilience and their sage so that they can carry that forward into life because you know there's a lot unconditional positive regard that's basically what we're saying exactly and we're really bad at doing that to ourselves as grown-ups which is why these programs feel like quite a you know can feel like you need to make a bit of a commitment to them and really focus on them because we've had so many years of I'm only good if I achieve an A in my science exam you know or whatever it is so yeah yeah it's not yeah not conditional interesting as I say it's a topic that I, I find um, it's valuable in the workplace. One of the things I was just reflecting on then, so as I said to you earlier, I spoke to someone about resilience recently. And, and also years ago, I trained on the seven habits, which at the time felt felt like um, I had to persuade the organisation for us to do it. It almost seemed because it was seen as almost personal development. It wasn't work. Mm. And it is interesting. I don't know whether basically we are becoming more enlightened in business and organisations, realising that actually we are a whole people, therefore helping people's mindset is that is actually going to have one of the biggest impacts on them at work you know it's, we used to yeah. almost have to see it, that's work that's personal development and this is an overlap but I think it must be more and more important now in a post-pandemic you know hybrid yeah. working environment would you say it's more current at the moment yeah I, th- I think you're absolutely right I think post-covid people seeing each other as you know full beings they saw their kids running into zoom calls yes. and you know that quite became quite normalized but I think also this kind of acceptability of talking about mental health. Now, it's not specifically about, it's not a response to mental health, but actually it's particularly when you're working alone or you're kind of got a hybrid setup, I'm finding that businesses are a lot more aware of what can we do to support people being their best generally, because actually some of it we don't see and some of it they are navigating by themselves. So I think this idea of giving people the tools and techniques and empowerment to control how they respond um, in a situation that has been really, really difficult for many people over the last few years, I think there is there is an understanding of of that that need to treat people like 360 degree people rather than just you know that's a work challenge actually, um, yes. yeah. and it, it comes up. It you can't control when your brain goes into that saboteur mode. It can happen when you miss a train, when you have a difficult conversation with a 
a colleague at work or when your child is really annoying at home and you think oh god it means I'm a bad parent or whatever so I think there's a lot and that can often no matter what it is and what the topic is and what's triggered it it feeds into everything that you're doing so it is a distraction so yeah I think it's a really good point so um I suppose just in sort of wrapping this up taking some takeaways from this um Obviously, we could go and read more about it, which is interesting in its own right. If and you sort of do, would you do a training course? If we, if I am someone's listening to this podcast and they'd like to do something on um, positive intelligence in their organisation, what sort of suggestions would you have? So, um, I think that so I, as a positive intelligence coach, I have access to put people onto this six-week program to kind of so you can put a whole team onto a six-week program. There is a book called Positive Intelligence, which takes you through the background to it the science all of the kind of reasons why it would be really beneficial so I think you could potentially you know give that to I always kind of give it out at the end of my training sessions that I do with organizations um you know for people to take away and read further because and do the free assessment online you know and start from that place where people can read about themselves people love reading about themselves don't they so I always think that's quite an interesting that's where I always start when I work with organizations is like send this out to your teams and just and people come to the sessions going oh my gosh it was it's literally me this is what's going on in my brain how did you know and um and when they start to talk about it you can really see the kind of things dropping like you know I've got huge anxiety and it comes from this place and it and you can start making the link so um I, I do do training with businesses, which is um, which obviously you can get someone in from outside. But the book is really easy to read, and there's an audio book available as well. So um, yeah, it's that's it's great. Really I'm going to look at it myself. Um, I'll get yeah. we'll get uh, if you could perhaps send me the link, and we'll put it on the show mm-hmm. notes. If people want to go and do the uh, personal assessment, is it is that on the Positive Intelligence website or something? Yes, yeah, it is. I'll send you the, all the links. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Gemma, fascinating. I think I could. I'm going to go and do the questionnaire myself now. Uh, really lovely talking to you. Thank you so much for joining me on the HR Uprising podcast. If people want to get in touch with you personally, how would they find you? So I'm on LinkedIn a lot. So um, Gemma Rabini, um, and my website is coachandbloom.co.uk. So I'm yeah. You always that. like to talk to people about these kind of things. Well, I I will definitely put those links on the show notes as well, Gemma. So thank you very much. Um, A fascinating topic. Cool. You're absolutely welcome. It's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you for having me. I really hope you found this week's episode useful and enjoyable. If you did, perhaps you could recommend us to a friend or colleague or give us a review on your platform of choice. It really helps new listeners to find us. Now you can access links to any of the information mentioned in this show via the website www.hruprising.com. Further free resources are also available at www.actus.co.uk. There you can also find out more about our software and training solutions. Finally, why not join our LinkedIn group, The HR Uprising? to share ideas and collaborate with other like-minded people professionals. Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising podcast.